Welcome to the Clappers. This is Andrew Young, ready to fight. And this is Carl Quinn, and I'm ready to make love, not war. This week on the Clappers, ovens. Yes, you heard it right. We promised you last week, and we deliver this week. We are delivering the oven this week. Sorry to bother you. Uh, as in, he's not. Uh, well, I am, but Never you sorry. know, the movie that is Quincy Jones on Netflix. Yeah, and we'll be talking about Overlord, which is just a crazy piece of mashup movie making. I hope this gets put at the end. The Overlord gets put at the end, so people can just stop. Like, make Overlord the last thing, so when you hear him say Overlord, you can just turn it off and you don't need to listen. That's all in this episode of the Clappers. What a life you have. Not no, it's true. I'm not actually. Not. I'm I look not. at you and I do not see a man ready to make love. I'll just tell you that right now. Unless there's something about your style of love making that I, I don't understand. Well, I'm ready to make dinner, you know, okay. possibly. Maybe a cup of tea. I made I dinner. I made I dinner before tea. I came here. I used to drink tea at four o'clock every afternoon and then I stopped. Right. I experienced a terrible trauma approximately mm. a year ago. Dear and Lord. many things that were part of my daily enjoyment of life, not anymore. It's kind of like a leading kind of uh, statement. That should we go there or should no, we no, 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 no. I'm just saying I don't drink tea right. at four o'clock in the afternoon anymore, mm. and that is one of the many things that I don't do anymore because of this terrible trauma I suffered approximately a year ago. All right, come on. No. Oh, come on. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> a novel of extraordinary power. No. Andrew, come. I want to talk about a film called uh, Sorry to Bother You. This is a niche product. Not going to be found in too many places. In fact, in Melbourne, it's only on at the Nova. Okay. It's a mad, I think quite inspired, brilliant piece of unashamedly left-wing filmmaking Mm -hmm. made by a guy called Boots Riley, who is in his late 40s, I think now, and he's a musician. He's involved in an Oakland uh, hip-hop group called The Coup. They've been around since about 91. They've released a whole bunch of albums. Uh, some of them have been voted by various critics over the years as like the album of the year. I mean, they've like they've got they've got cred, absolute cred. In the hip-hop world. In the well hip-hop known. world, yep. yep. Um, and it is, I guess you call it a sort of a, it's, it's a satire, mm-hmm. It's a, and it's a slightly surreal piece of filmmaking at times. About a guy who uh, is absolutely down on his luck financially, you know, working poor in America, Mm. gets a job in a call center. Black guy uh, is going nowhere with it until he's uh, suggested to him that he maybe try speaking in his white voice instead Mm -hmm. of his black voice. And suddenly he becomes a major success. Yeah. He goes up to the, the, he becomes a super caller. He gets the the elevator, the gold-plated elevator to the upstairs area that he's never been in before where everybody stands around sipping champagne and doing multi- no work million, <laughs> no, doing multi-million dollar deals <laughs> and and the deals are all about screwing the workers a little bit more so it's absolutely nice. it's absolutely a, on point contemporary yeah I yeah. mean this is kind of like this is Occupy Hollywood the yeah, movie you right. know, really um, and it's it's I think it's quite quite brilliant I mean it's not subtle there's no way you would say Oh, what, what's he trying to suggest there? Because it's kind of <laughs> sledgehammer Sledge, yeah, sl- yeah, sledgehammer. In the way that, you know, satire sometimes is. Mm-hmm. Um, but Noam Chomsky, does he make an appearance? He doesn't make an appearance, okay. no, no. But it, uh, there's, a, there's a plot in which uh, Army Hammer plays a sort of the, uh, the uber dude of the company that is not... It's not actually running the call centres, it's a client of the call centres. And it, it has this... Uh, this sort of like 
integrated workplace living environment kind of people get a job there for life and it's almost like, like a, a japanese like a model campus, like the google like campus in, indeed it's the a google bit like campus. that except these are really low-paid schlepping workers right yeah so i oh, like the economic uh, protection zones they have in southeast asia where right. people live yes. in concrete dormitories indeed, and work indeed. for nothing yeah, yeah, yeah. In, for companies that don't pay any tax because yeah. the area the mayor wants the business there because it's good for business and it's good but it's not because they don't pay tax exactly they, yeah that it's yeah. that right yeah. uh, but in the American version of that and uh, and he ultimately has this plan to um, genetically splice humans and horses oh this is great this, Equ- is, this is the film I've been waiting for <laughs> this is perfect finally finally they've been listening to me they've been reading my posts on Facebook <sighs> I don't want you to tell me anymore because I've already heard about the perfect film that is made for me and it sounds great. It is it is wildly energetic. Yeah. It's, it's very funny in places. Not every joke lands. No. Uh, it's got a great soundtrack. You'll never guess who supplies that. The Coup. The Coup. Yep. Yeah. Um, a bit like Noel Coward where he yeah, wrote <laughs> <laughs> plays that could incorporate his own songs and his own actings. I'm, and his I'm <laughs> thinking is not like no, not a lot like no, God, no, not really. In but it is stylistically, stylistically, it kind of reminded me of very early uh, Spike Lee. Mm. Um, it looked when you showed me the trailer, I yeah. thought Ernest Dickerson, and it looked so much like Spike Lee's yeah. stuff. Uh, but uh, more overtly political, even than say something like "Do the Right Thing," mm-hmm. uh, it's just like it's 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 out there. Yeah, and it, it lots of jump cuts. It kind of dr- derives a lot of its style from sort of mu- the world of music videos. Uh, but man, I just think it's a really really exciting piece of work, and I would absolutely recommend people go and check it out while if- they can at the one theaterette that that you know. Yes. You've heard my views on this theatreette. I won't mm. say any more because mm. I but know you have a relationship with them. If uh, I, we've previously previously mentioned on this podcast the app Just Watch, which I will always recommend to people as a decent way of finding uh, you know film and TV shows that are on streaming, uh, but also at the cinema. Mm. Uh, if you're not near. The Cinema Nova. Yeah, if you're not Carlton. near the Nova, which a lot of you, I'm going to guess, a lot of you are not near the Cinema bookmark Nova. Bookmark it. Bookmark this film. Put it down as one to keep an eye on because yeah. it yeah, will yeah, turn up idea. somewhere. It will. It will turn up on a streaming service. And well worth catching. Absolutely. If you live in New Zealand, for instance, in the countryside of New Zealand, you're not going to be able to see this film. Not without a telescope. Not without Yet. a telescope. Yet. Okay. <laughs> We have we have listeners. The day will come. We have listeners from all over the place, not just uh, sophisticated cosmopolitans, not just Fitzrovians, not Fitzrovians, no, Saint Kildarians, people from everywhere. And so we want to mm. let them know that while they can't see it today, maybe next week. That's well well done to you, Carl, for what, yeah. customer service. Customer help, service, Andrew. Help, and if you want to see, you want a copy of that cookbook, helping the slack-jawed <laughs> yokel who can't find their way down their dirt road to a cinema. Well done. I'm sorry to bother you, listeners, with Andrew's comments there. Sorry to bother you. If you're in that category, (laughs) sorry to bother you with Carl. Anyway, that film is sorry to bother you. Well worth catching. Hey, hello, Uh, Mr. Davison. Cash is green here. Sorry to bother. Let me give you a tip. You want to make some money here? Use your white voice. My white voice. I'm never talking about Will Smith's wife. Like this young blood. 
Hey, Mr. Kramer, this is Langston from Regal View. As always, we'll be getting that out to you right away. Hey, I just want to say, if you are in Victoria, here's a couple little things that I, I made a note of to tell to tell the people about that is happening over the next few days. Uh, what's the date today? Is it the 7th or something? I don't know what the date is. Okay, I won't say that. But on the 14th and 15th of December, there's a meteor shower that will be visible between midnight and dawn if you get out of Melbourne and into the countryside. Okay, and between the 16th and 17th, it's a comet. We're tunning. Okay, they're unpredictable. You don't know exactly when it's going to come, right? But if you get out where it's dark, you've got a great chance between the 14th and the 17th to see some amazing things in the sky, okay? Meteor showers, comets. It's the kind of stuff you wanted to see when you were a kid. Every night when you went to bed, you'd look out the window and there weren't any, were there? No. I I used to see a few satellites and things like that, various Apollos, but I'm much older than you. So... 14th to the 17th, if you are in Victoria, if you can get out of the city to where it's dark, check it out. Andrew, another film I want to uh, talk about briefly, mm. Overlord. Oh. This is mad. Overlord. So this yeah. is uh, So sorry Overlord, to bother you, he's mad. Overlord is of June. madder. Yep. Yep. Talk yep. to me. Yep. So war movie, mm-hmm. and I'm, I, I want to say... Horror movie kind of mashup. I'm wrong. Sixth of June is is sixth of June, nineteen forty four. Yeah, nineteen forty four. Yeah, mistake, not fourth. Yep. yep. So the America starts starts on a plane. The Amer- yes. American paratroopers being flown in. Yep. Uh, to be dumped Over in Normandy, France. Gold. And, you know Omaha. Which and one? and like I've got to say a sensational sequence. Although bizarrely mm. in, in the cinema I saw it, and this wasn't wasn't like a little theatre at screen. It wasn't like the Nova. It was a uh, a big cinema. Mm. Uh, quite a yep. lot of people there. Yep. The sound was so low. It's ah. like, why are you showing us an action film with the sound turned down as if it's all that, a bit that's, whispery? That's true. It's quite weird. Did you ask? Strange. No, no, no. I was, you know, I was, I was. You know, when you're in that situation, there's always this kind of thing where you're going, "Oh, they'll fix it in a minute." Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and yeah, then you go, yeah. "Oh, somebody else will get up." And then there's some guy down and then the front. You know it. It's the end credits. A really stylish guy, perhaps, says, "Excuse me." <laughs> What? I can't hear the film. Excuse me, I can't hear the film. Well, I was actually in a screening today where there was nothing wrong with the sound, nothing at all. (laughs) And that guy, that guy went, turn it up. I was like, turn your hearing aid up, mate. There's not a problem with this. Anyway, we digress, which is very unusual for the clappers. We never do. We are strict to the letter. Overlord. Menendez. Directed by... Julius Avery, who's an Australian guy who made a film called Son of a Gun a few years ago with Ewan McGregor, set in the Outback, a heist movie, oh, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, this is, this is his big Hollywood moment, yep. I think. And Which is why he has Americans jumping out of a plane. That's right. Yeah. Although, <laughs> the, the, the main character, the main character is, uh, is called Boyce. He's, a, he's a, an African-American yep. private, right? He's actually played by Jovan Adepo, who is, in fact, English. Okay. He played uh, Denzel Washington's son in Fences. I don't know if you saw Fences. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the main character uh-huh. in this. The main German character is played by Pilu Uzbek, who, uh, if you watch Game of Thrones, which you don't from recollection, they parachute in and uh, most of them get shot to pieces on the plane. The plane gets destroyed. It's a fantastic opening sequence mm-hmm. just in terms of the tension of that yep. and uh, the, way, the way that's uh, depicted. 
they're then wandering around the woods in in Normandy, and uh, their mission is to basically uh, blow up a a church that has a communications tower, uh, a communications beacon on the on the mm-hmm. bell tower. Yeah. Uh, but then, in the process of sort of stumbling through this mission with their depleted manpower, yep. they come to discover that there's actually a laboratory in the basement or mm-hmm. I suppose in the crypt I think you would more correctly say of this church where the Germans are trying to create the thousand year soldier who will be the lifeblood of the Reich and uh, and they're doing this well, it's not really explained how they're doing this but suffice to say they're leeching off the, the local peasants they're, and they're during these nasty experiments, they're extracting blood or some kind of vital human juices. It's kind uh, of Doctor Frankenstein, <laughs> purity <Well>. of essence. <laughs> <laughs> you remember the Sterling Hayden character? Where, oh no, I've forgotten. Uh, well, well, the whole the whole reason why everything why Doctor Strange Love ends as it does is because Sterling Hayden, who is in charge of an airbase, has s- sent the go code to bomb Russia because they're wanting to steal our essence. The purity of our essence. Right, we right. must keep our essence pure right. by by not drinking water except from a bottle and um, that that kind of business. So. There was actually there's an e- actually an echo in this of um, the the Gore Verbinski movie from I think two years ago, A Cure for Wellness, which mm-hmm. is actually it's 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 not a perfect film, but man, there's some great stuff in it. Really yeah, amazing yeah. and beautiful looking. Just the guy is such a an astonishing visual stylist. Yep. Gore Verbinski. Uh, Gore yeah. Verbinski. Yeah. Is this going to turn out to be a horror film? Well, it is a horror film, yeah. Because don't, no, the, don't, no, no, I don't mean the war is horror. No, I mean, no, I mean, no, no, no. In the basement, it's basically Frankenstein's laboratory, which is what I've been trying to say, right? So it's like, it is that kind of movie. It started really well, didn't yeah. it? it? started so... You lured me into thinking that you're going to talk about something really interesting, and now it's just... Oh. Well, you know, I, I've got to say that I think it's, I think it's a really interesting... No. Yes, it's a really interesting <laughs> stab. At, stab is right. At, well, stab, prod, poke at bringing together these quite disparate why? genres. Why? Well, why not? Because I say so. Yeah, okay, Mr. That's Rule. why not. Mr. Rule Man. I say so. No, don't go and see this film, Overlord. A good idea ruined. Uh, which bit do you think is a good idea? A war movie? The, the war movie. Yeah, that's right, the good okay. idea. Yeah. You know that's been done, don't you? you know, I know people about... kind of been done. Hey, Chanbara has been done, but they still make them yeah. and they're great. Mm. Anyway, it yes. kind of... I would say my reservations about this film mm. are not the same as yours, <laughs> which are the very fact of its existence. Yes, I reserve the right to deny the existence of this film and say don't see the film. In fact, turn off the podcast now because he's just going to keep talking about it. I think the problem with it is yeah. that it doesn't go far enough. Right? It doesn't oh, okay. really embrace the horror aspect of it as much as it could have. Mm-hmm. And I think if it had been more full full throttle in the horror space, if yeah. it really embraced that um, and maybe played the laughs in it a bit more than it does. Like the Marvel films that you like? No, no, no not like the Marvel films. Like, okay. like good horror treads often treads a fine line between like, you know, terrifying yeah. and hilarious. I have to say, I haven't seen it, the the, heart, the horror. I've probably seen two, maybe three horror films, all of them when I was in year ten. <laughs> okay, I saw George A. Romero's Night of the Living Dead, which yeah. was just ludicrous and not scary, and 
not even funny. Okay. And a couple of other ones because, you know, videos came out. So yeah. You, you get a video and watch horror. I can't even remember what they were, but that's that's like all I've seen. So I don't understand what I – mean, no, I hear what you're saying, but I don't understand that there's a, such a thing as a style and you've got humour and you've got scariness. And, yeah. Oh, wait a minute. The Blair Witch Project. Is that a horror film? That's a horror film. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. That was good. I thought that was a good yeah. film. The Shining? Have you seen The Shining? I fall asleep every time. Oh, my God. Every time. <laughs> I've tried to watch it three times, and as that car's winding around the road, I fall asleep. It's amazing. I've tried to watch it because I like Paths of Glory. Mm. Okay, that's a great film, Paths of Glory. And uh, Dr. Strangelove, Lolita, great film. So you'd think that this is probably a really good film too. He has form, Stanley Kubrick, in the good film He's apparently quite a good director, some people say. Oh, God, though, I've tried to watch that one... Oh, was eyes, that with that woman you like? Eyes wide shut, and yeah. you were unable to keep oh. your eyes wide open. I'm no, guessing. No, I just I, fast forward. <laughs> nah, fast forward. Nah, this is stupid. Nah, this is from a book. Someone wrote this as a book. <laughs> We've oh. pimped a long way from Overlord, Let's but go just back to, to Overlord. just to get back yeah, to just Overlord. Get back to the horror and the humour. Needs more. Humor. I think. I think if you're a fan of horror. Yeah you're going to be slightly disappointed. If you're yep. a fan of war movies, I don't think you're going to be so disappointed. Uh, so long as you're not don't the ex- kind of person who thinks that they should never go anywhere near <laughs> a horror movie. Hey, can I just say quickly, I hope I say this really quickly, Harlan Ellison was a writer I loved as a, as a teenager and as a young man, and I, I still have a very soft spot for him, and he died this year. He wrote a story called The Soldier, right, about this uh bred for like kind of created slash bred for military service yep. type of automaton who accidentally finds himself in 20th century present day. He keeps sort of jumping back and forth from the battlefield in the future with these constant warp inter- interplanetary wars and then he's back in. And they made a, uh, a film, I think, The Terminator or Robocop or, or something. No, not Robocop. They, ma- they made some famous film ab- about that was based on his story and, and didn't acknowledge him and he sued and, and now has, has a credit on that. And it reminds me a little bit of like a, a similar kind of idea that the, you, you, you create these perfect uh, soldiers that can go and not and, and do battle and not suffer the same. And so it, it's actually quite an interesting idea, the fact that uh, you're, you're creating a, a, whole, a trauma factory when you send, when you take young men and you turn them into soldiers and you take them out to Afghanistan or Iraq and you have them do what they do and then you bring them back and try to insert them into the suburbs and you just, you know. That it, was called The Hurt Locker. And I that is that. <laughs> definitely that. not what Overlord no, is about. No, 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 no. But the idea, the idea that instead of having real humans do it, Let's create some humans who aren't going to suffer the consequences yeah. and create some. I know the Nazis weren't thinking about in a compassionate way about no, what happens to I a really soldier. And we really feel don't want them to be hurt. Yeah. And, you know. I also am not, I'm not mm. convinced that this is actually a documentary. So. No. no it's not. There oh, is, there oh, is that. oh, okay. <laughs> there are so many of those documentaries on SBS. Okay, so I'm not seeing this film. You shouldn't see this film. Carl has seen it for you. That's all you need to know. What is this? A thousand year army. These thousand year soldiers. I had to replace the oven in my home. No way. Okay, yeah, I did because it just ceased to function and it wasn't particularly functional anyway. And I'm pleased I did. Mm. It's not a cheap, it's like a car, you know, you're buying something that you hope will be at least 10 years. Yes? And 20. And I had let my 
I'm, I'm, look, I'm going to come clean on this. I, I know I can level with the listeners to the clappers. I can be honest with you. I had let my choice membership lapse a oh, few no. years ago. So you, so you were no, no longer able to read Best Oven yeah, yeah, under yeah, yeah, $2,000. Yeah, 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 I know, I know. And I feel a little ashamed about that. I was pressured into by a member of my household who felt it was a frivolous and unnecessary expense in, a, in an era of belt tightening. Uh, so I, I allowed myself to be convinced. And so I did another thing. I went to – now – we all know what choice is, so I'm not going to tell you. But there's another thing that you can use as well if you need to buy something called CanStar Blue, mm-hmm. right? And they don't test products at all. They just aggregate consumer, consumer sentiment yeah, there's and, quite a and few reviews. Those sort of sites yeah. Out there. yeah, and the particular oven I chose was, uh, let's say they use a star system, was all the like five stars, five stars in, in every way yeah. by the consumers, which yeah. is fairly satisfactory. And 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 I'm, I'm look, I don't. Believe in the wisdom of the common man, of course. I did read The Wisdom of Crowds. It's a great book if you haven't read it. But but I, I believe in the wisdom of myself. So I did... You went and bought every oven. I bought every oven. <laughs> I set up a lab and I tested them. I got a whole lot of boffins in white coats to bring in all kinds of haunches of mutton and buttocks of beef and anything you could do in an oven delicate, like 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 the meringues and the souffles. Some and muffins? The, did you get the, the muffin boffins involved? got the muffin boffins involved. Now, what I did, I did sign up. I did renew my membership to Choice. Right. And, and, and they sent a helicopter much over cheaper, my house. Much and, cheaper than buying and every oven on the market. And dropped a velvet scroll thanking me after <laughs> decades and decades of being a, a gold star. Anyway. And they were also very favourable on this particular unit that I chose. Now, I wanted to buy this oven from a particular shop. Are you going to name this unit, or are you? Going I don't to think. Eat? I don't think I need to. No, I don't think I need to. Because no. we're like the ABC here. Yeah. We don't. We don't yeah. drop brand well, names unless they're giving us free stuff. Well, actually, I just remind. Well, we're the, drinking the, a moon dog beer. We don't. Can, we don't mention names. Can I remind the family Coopers in South Australia that I'll be there <laughs> shortly, and we have yet to receive anything from you, despite my honest, truthful, and vociferous endorsement. Of of your products in the face of such large rainbow hatred like you wouldn't believe every place i go into and ask for one i get this look like we believe in equality here mate do you hate gay people do you hate gays mm. that's the kind of look i get when i ask for a coupon now we don't have that anymore here we don't have that <laughs> shit no, i don't get that shit anymore mate like yeah because i don't know what i'm talking about anyway back to the ovens <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> so Think about shops, right? I'll tell you something about shops. Shops, oh, dear Lord. Yeah, go on. Shops. They're places are, where you buy things, right? <laughs> well, not anymore. People oh. buy things online, don't mm, they? Mm. So I still like to buy from a shop. I still mm. think a shop is a great place to test out different things and to help the whole economy roll. I'm for the shop. I buy things online too, but where I can, where I think it's reasonable, I'll buy from the shop. Now, this particular shop did me unasked for, uncalled for, generosity that is bizarre. I was in a... I noticed that there's a particular cyclist who I find very disgusting, and he was in a cookbook where he was licking his fingers, and so I wanted to get a copy of that book to upset somebody who finds him equally <laughs> disgusting as I. And I went, rang up his shop. So you actually, you hate purchase as well. <laughs> you don't just hate watch or hate listen, you also hate, I hate purchase. purchase. So I rang him up and said, look, I saw this book. I, well, I saw it in a pamphlet that this book exists. Do you have a copy? And they said, oh, look, we don't. Because this, this cyclist is sponsored by an oven making factory. And I said, no, look, uh, rings me back. The rep only drove, I don't know, 40 Ks over to their shop to drop over this cookbook. 
just to give me because I want to look at this guy licking his fingers in a disgusting way. So generous. And I thought, right, if ever I'm going to buy anything, I'm going to buy it from that shop. I really wanted to buy it from this shop, this right. oven. So how, how long after this book? Uh, re- a month, six oh, okay, weeks. Okay, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, right, yeah right, like right. really short time. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I rang him up and, and I said, you're the woman who gave me the book. Oh, yes, I remember you. So we've established a rapport. I go down there, you've got the oven. Great. Now, these days, ovens are different. Ovens, you don't just turn them on and set the temperature. You do all this other interesting stuff. You set the zone. You set the type of food. You know, and they're, they're little uh, pictograms yeah. that, that help you. Yeah. Spend another thousand dollars, and you have photographs yeah. of the food. You just touch well, the photograph. Can I say, you know, I wish I'd spent the extra thousand dollars on our oven mm-hmm. because I look mm-hmm. at those pictograms. I have no idea what they mean. <laughs> well, I've got the, they're all pizzas, as far yeah. as I'm concerned. <laughs> I've got the brochure. I'm constantly. I, I, I must. I'm going to muster this machine. I've done a few things in it already. Some good. Some not not so good. But. I wanted to buy it from this shop. I said, okay, so what's the system? I buy the oven and then you deliver it, install it, take the other one away. No. Oh, okay. So what, what do you do? Well, um, we'll we'll deliver the oven for you for $60, um, but we won't take the old one away, but you can get an electrician to come and install it. I thought, oh, okay. So it's a three-step process, mm-hmm. right? They deliver. Mm-hmm. I get someone to take the old one away. Mm-hmm. I get the electrician to come bring up the electrician. Very nice man, this electrician. I really, really like this electrician. However, last time he came to my house, he brought another electrician with me. Right. There's just no spark? To install a PowerPoint, <laughs> and it cost me more than I could possibly believe a PowerPoint would cost. Tell me how much. $350. Eh, I can believe that. Okay. I can believe that. All right, I live in a different world. Here's what happens. Yeah. The, the electrician comes around, knocks on your door. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. That's 160 bucks. Mm-hmm. Right there. Right there. Mm-hmm. Then they go back out to the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, sorry, mate. I don't have that part. I'm going to have to go down this to didn't happen I'm going to have to go down to Middies. This didn't I'm happen. Go down at to Middies. It'll be another $2,000. In and out in 50 minutes. Anyway, I thought, oh, this is going to be quite a, a, a whole experience. And then still, I have the old oven. And so I bought it from an online e-tailer mm. who for $280 mm. deliver install check everything replace any I had some some interesting not interesting some different type of wiring and this this in- installer slash electrician fixed it all up uh, and took the other one away all in one deft movement and I'm sorry to have to do that. I would Alletic. rather have I would rather have bought it from the actual shop that sits there in the street yep. that employs people, yep. and and they made it so difficult. And I think why are you doing? Don't you understand? You're yeah. driving me into the arms of the internet, and they're not as comfy and and soft and. So I'm, I'm going to make a yeah. bold prediction mm, here, mm, okay, mm, about mm. about the future of mm. retailing. It's probably not that bold because mm. there are probably people like Phil Riven who runs Ibis World making this prediction all over the place, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. But I I think that we're going to find ourselves in probably in the not too distant future in a situation where shops, as we know them, yeah. are basically places where you go to look at gear and try it on. Yeah, right? they're not yeah. places where you yeah. go. To actually buy it, yeah, maybe you buy it, but more likely than not, no, no, they're going to be places that have one of everything, yeah, one of everything in one size, yeah, Say clothing. I'm thinking, okay, particular. all right, I'm thinking ovens and, and uh, no, maybe ovens, yeah. Mm. I mean, there are two sizes. Do you know there are two sizes of ovens? Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. well, there are more than two. Okay, there are many more than two. Are there sizes. more than two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, Tell me. Well, there's certainly a 60 centimetre, yep. an 80 centimetre, and a 90 centimetre. There's an 80 there's centimetre. An 80, yeah, we have an 80 you centimetre. You have an 80. How, yeah. how old is your oven? Uh, 
three years? Three years. Yeah. You bought an 80 centimetre yeah. oven. Yeah. Because you had an 80 centimetre hole. We didn't have space for a 90 centimetre oven. Okay, right. But I'm not saying you should have bought a 90. I bought a 60 centimetre oven. I'm very glad that you I'm sort, a man of, sort of approve. <laughs> very modest proportions. I do sort of approve. Uh, I sort of approve. Did that hurt? Did that hurt? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Tell me, where do you get the 80s? This is some... I've never seen one. It's a niche product. Mm, it is. Yeah, it's... Built for an 80 centimetre niche, in fact. <laughs> uh, I will tell you, I thought I was very clever for measuring the height and depth of the oven and the cavity and everything else. Uh, there was a measurement I didn't make that has resulted in the oven sticking out. Into uh, the street. <laughs> into the street because the uh, there's about half a millimetre of, of um, height that, that isn't quite right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to drill out the whole board that it, it sits on. You're going to have to uh, excavate your kitchen. And replace it with another board that's half a, half a millimetre. Yeah, that's like... Yeah, that's really that's annoying. Really <laughs> half... And this stuff, of course, my kitchen is made out of the rubbishest MDF laminate stuff that I would never have chosen if I'd built it. And so, you know, you can't, sh- you can't shave it down or anything like that, you right. know. So anyway, you're going to say retailing will soon be e-tailing with a, a retailer's... Carapace. Yeah. yeah, and when I was in LA mm. recently, I actually discovered a, a clothing store that is doing precisely this. Yep. I mean, I've been thinking that this is the way it was going for you know mm. 12, 18 months at least now. and 1200s. This is 1200s. Yeah. And uh, I can't remember the name of it, but mm. uh, but it was a, a clothing store. Yeah. And they had literally one of everything. Yeah. And you go in, you try it, you don't buy it, no. you leave, and they'll send it to you. Yeah. yeah. And they've got, you know, they've got. I think quite a few of these stores now yeah. around all around the states. That's a great idea. Well, no, you it do ju- f- what it means is, I mean, most retailers are basically paying a lot of money yes. for real estate. Yes, they right? are. And, yeah. and, and storage. They're paying storage. a lot of money That's for right. storage. On-site, expensive, prime. With stuff like ovens, fridges, you do need to somewhere where you can actually this, and this was the other bizarre thing. You couldn't turn it on. It wasn't plugged in. So they've got a showroom. They want you to buy an oven, the shop that I didn't buy it from. You can't even try it out. You can't even see how it Unlike works. Unlike online where you were able to try it out well, online. But, right? but the point is you can't try it. But at least you know, like, what, what is the point of this shop? I wish it had a point. I wish it said a point because you do need to try things out. Carl. Yeah. My feeling is this. It won't surprise you to hear this. I think that when somebody makes a documentary Mm. about a living, breathing person, Mm. that that person making that documentary should be as far away from the living, breathing person. they probably shouldn't be the executive producer. They probably shouldn't be the daughter of the Mm. subject of the Mm. documentary because what you're going to get, obviously, is hagiography. Or daddyography. Or daddyography. And if you're actually a punter who's interested in the subject of this... Mm. And look... Music documentaries, especially, follow a particular series of, 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 of patterns where you have some well-known musicians talking about how great the musician is, and you have some footage of the musician. Then you'll have somebody who had some some kind of relationship, either as a relative or as a colleague, talking about how great. And you get just a lot of fatuous superlatives about how these people being geniuses and being great, and very very little analysis, yep. very little criticism, and frankly. At, at this point in my life, if I'm going to sit down for anything more than 15 minutes to watch a documentary about somebody that, as a musician, I have an interest in, whether it's Lee Morgan, which we spoke about, whether it's John Coltrane, whether it's Quincy Jones, which we're about to speak about, I want to learn something. Yep. And I want to learn something that's not going to make me sick 
Uh, I want to learn something interesting about them as a musician or as a human being. Well, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying there and I agree most of the way, but I think mm. you also have to acknowledge that not everybody who's a potential viewer True. knows as True. much about those subjects as you do. And there are plenty of subjects in the world of music and elsewhere mm. about whom you won't know no, as no, much. No, that's, and yeah. a film, a documentary about them needs to bring that audience with it yeah. as well as the the, uh, the already knowledgeable audience well, well i think i think i'm positioning myself as an as a person who is i'm saying i'm i am but but let's pretend i'm not a knowledgeable person mm. what i want to know what i want to see in that documentary is not a man who can't get up off the couch surrounded by snacks and soft drinks um being loved up by various daughters around the place and 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 all this like poor photography domestic scenes uh I don't. That's not why okay, I so want to see a documentary about a music producer or a musician. Let's drop care. people into this. Yeah. What are we talking about? We're talking about Quincy Jones, a documentary on Netflix. Quincy Jones, who has had just an incredible career, yep. an incredible, a stellar career as a musician, as a record producer, as an A and R man, as a film producer, as a film producer. Now, an A and R man, just in case you don't know, they used to have record companies, and those record companies actually went and sought talent to record and they would employ people with their ear to the ground and their nose to the street to go out and find people, artists and repertoire artists and repertoire and the great A&R people have brought to your ears some of the most amazing music that you would never have heard in your life Quincy Jones was the first black A&R man I can't even remember the label it was CBS uh, Mercury, Mercury Mercury I think um he, he is an um, amazing musician. He, he is, it's amazing that he's alive. Mm. He had a, a terrible aneurysm. Uh, he had to stop playing, playing the trumpet, you know, puts a lot of pressure in the, up here in, in the head. Um, and he has produced and recorded some of the most amazing music you've ever heard in your life. He's Michael Jackson. You've heard of Michael most Jackson. Famously, yeah, most probably. famously, Michael Jackson. He did. Produced the Color Purple, I think. Didn't yeah, he? produced the Color Purple. He, he, and, and there was a lot of kind of, oh, uh, oh, mm, you know, should this guy, be, you know. And it was apparently a very successful film, The Color Purple. Mm. Some Oscars. There's a woman who was very popular in the United States. You've probably not heard of her. Uh, she was in the film and has become to be like the the most well known popular. Offir, Offred, 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 Winmar, Winnebago, Winnebago. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he also wrote a lot of soundtracks, a lot of soundtracks. Uh, In Cold Blood, the uh, the film with Robert Blake on the Truman Capote book. Uh, Great film. Call Me Mr. Tibbs, terrible film, great soundtrack, which was the sequel to In the Heat of the Night, For the Love of Ivy, I think, maybe guesses. Anyway, his resume is insane. So, uh, what you're saying here is yep. he's, got, he's, got the, he's got the runs on the board. There's enough. Fair subject for and, a documentary. It's a really good subject yep. for a documentary. Somebody should make it. Somebody should make a documentary. But it probably shouldn't be his daughter Rashida shouldn't Jones. shouldn't be his daughter Rashida Jones who makes this documentary, yeah. yeah. During the documentary, he has a couple of strokes is in a during the documentary. He's in a diabetic coma. Captured on film. Yeah, he's a very hang on, hang very un- yeah. captured on film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at one point he's standing there going, "Oh, I don't feel so well." Uh, oh, oh, and the next thing you know, he's in the hospital. <laughs> Dear Lord. And another time, the same That's thing happens. That's a bit happens. too real. It's very real. And frankly, I have to say, I'm, I'm I don't think we necessarily need to see him in a in a dark hospital mm. bed at Cedar Sinai with a whole bunch of people standing around wondering if he's going to pull through. I'm that gives you drama. That's me. It should have been better shot. It looks like it was shot on somebody's phone with a like Vaseline on the on the lens. 
Um, I'm very critical of this because this is somebody whose life deserves to be documented right. much better. Yeah. Now, and, and in two ways. One way, as a musician, but also we are getting into the domestic sphere yeah. and I feel that he's been left quite uncriticised for yeah, his yeah, yeah. behaviour as a man so in the domestic sphere. what do you sphere. want to say about his behaviour? Oh, I, I, don't, I don't know about oh, you it. Don't I don't know. want to say about yeah, it. Yeah, but yeah. what I want to say is the man I think has had, uh, has had several wives yeah. and does mention in that kind of letting yourself off the hook way, like, oh, I was so busy. I was working so hard. No, I yeah. was going to parties. I was getting wasted and yeah. I was being unfaithful to my wife. Rooting everything which, around. Which yeah. I have no moral problem. I'm, I'm not judging anybody for doing any, for going to parties, for, for anything like that. But my point is, if you're going to include this material, yeah. there needs to be some critical yeah, yeah. distance. Well, it's it, and there isn't any it, critical distance. What you're saying there reminds me of of uh, say the Wayne Gardner doco that was at the Melbourne Film Festival right, about the mm. motor, motorcycle rider. I, I don't know Wayne what, Gardner. Yeah, I know uh, I've heard the name. Yeah, it was it was a uh, 500cc world champion mm. in uh, 2000. And, uh, sorry, 1987. I think he was the first Australian to win that title, and you know, big deal, right? A significant figure, um, but. And his ex-wife is yeah. is one of the main interview subjects in the film, mm-hmm. and she talks about you know they were teenage sweethearts and all the rest. Yeah. And there's like a brief little you know oh you know he liked to party got a you know it's this kind of moment where you kind of go I'm sure he was not really very nice as a husband yeah. for yeah. a great period there, and it yeah. just skirts over it. The same with the Jimmy Barnes doco, you know, it's kind of a little bit like just doesn't go there and you kind of think there's more to this story that I'm not getting mm-hmm. and I feel a little bit cheated exactly. as a viewer. I kind of feel like you're hedging your bets or you're too close to the subject yeah. to actually tell this story in its fullness. Yeah. It doesn't mean that it's not an interesting story even mm. as it is and mm. I, I don't know I haven't seen the Quincy Jones thing mm. but I mean the Gardner and the Jimmy Barnes stories are they're, they're compelling in their yeah. way but they feel like they're missing something. They feel like donut stories. There's yeah. a big hole in the middle. Yeah. You know? Now I'm not saying that I want to get into the whole personal life of Quincy Jones and his wives and all his kids and everything like that. But they're there and it's introduced and it's not dealt with effectively. Mm. When, when it's, the, the film starts with a shot of a vestibule with just gold record after gold record after statuette and you're looking at the achievements of this man's life and pretty much the first two minutes of this film, you can turn it off. You can just you look at all those records that he made, all those artists <laughs> two minutes that he that? worked with. It feels like two minutes because it's the credit scene. Yeah, it's, okay, it's the title okay. sequence right, as well. Right, yeah, right, yeah, okay. yeah. And there's a couple of inarticulate men walking through just swearing and then sitting down with him and swearing some more. And it, it, it's like, okay, here we go. And um, Look, it's such a shame. It, it reminds me a bit – there was a criticism of the Miles Davis autobiography as told to uh, Quincy Troop. And, and one of the came out, I don't know, 86, 88 or something. And they said, here's a guy who's still alive. He's still got all his faculties. He's got a great memory and so much information and so much like a, a better interviewer or someone who could just delve a bit more could bring up so much yeah, yeah. rich uh, cultural history. And instead, we've just got him swearing and, and, and being really offensive about the various women that he was in relationships with and talking about the food that he likes and cakes and you know just stuff that that at the end of the day you don't really need you don't it's it's irrelevant when you're talking about a, a great person a great artist's career and Quincy Jones is a great artist and has had a great career and 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 home movies are it's just not that really we don't need to see Quincy Jones home movies if there's going to be a documentary about him it needs to be critical and it needs to 
to really look at his career in, in a way that does him honor and does the subject justice and also does us honor because we're sitting there yeah, yeah we're sitting there we deserve to be treated with respect and not to see a bunch of home movies of a man who gets well or gets sick or gets well or gets sick and his daughters love him you know once he called me and he said okay well i want to pitch your future to you you all know the story right quincy jones discovered me don't try to do what he's done because you get your ass killed that's it from the clappers this episode and we will always treat you with respect the listener yes we will we respect the listener at the clappers 